Welcome to the Lime Podcast. Lord, your mercy endures. Based on Psalm 136, 1. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. When my daughter Haley passed away in October of 2018, my world was turned upside down, and all I had was my faith to press into. Through my grief, God's mercy and love has endured. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Lime. My name's Aaron Kane, and I'm your host. Today's episode, we're going to talk about emotions with a focus on anger in our grief. Do the sunflower maze. We had promised Haley before she got sick that we would come here, but she ended up in hospital. Sunflowers are Haley's favorite flower of all time. You may hear a tractor harvesting wheat in the background. There's kites flying, which remind me of the kites flying on Citadel Hill while Haley was in the hospital. Lots of memories, lots of beauty. I wish Haley was here to share this experience with us. Although I can imagine that Haley is experiencing flowers in fields far more glorious. This episode will be especially difficult for me to to do. I'm uh, I'm just getting off a of vacation. Most people love vacation and there was a point in time where I enjoyed vacation too. But vacation is empty and somewhat painful because Haley is no longer here. Going places, doing things, even in the midst of a pandemic, we can still go to beaches and even a sunflower maze that was promised to Haley before she got sick. We uh, we were going to go as a family. And that makes me sad that she's no longer here. To be able to share those moments with her, to build memories. But grief is full of other emotions. It's a roller coaster ride, really. One that I have not got off since October 27th of 2018. There are days, even hours, where I experience joy and then sadness, disgust, fear, and anger. And sometimes it feels like I experience them all at the same time, pulling me, pushing me. I feel like I'm going in every direction and could burst at any moment. Let's run through the emotions. There's joy. Now, I still experience joy. There's the joy in knowing that Haley is in heaven. There's the joy of watching Annika grow up and starting to drive and be involved in youth group at church and playing piano in the worship team. And there's even joy in the memories of things that seemed so long ago. Christmases and past vacations, trips to 
Disney World for Children's Wish, and the joy that only comes through Jesus Christ, where I know where my salvation and my hope lies. And then another big emotion in grief, sadness. The sadness of a lost child, the tears that come at night, grieving the loss of not only Haley, but the micro-losses. I'll never walk Haley down the aisle to give her away as a bride. I never got to see her graduate. I'll never hold one of her children in my arms, being a granddad. There's sadness in watching Annika grow up without a sister. There's a pain of watching Annika grow up and not have her best friend. The house is quiet now. The sadness of hearing your wife cry in the night. And there's nothing that I can do to take her pain away because I'm in pain too. There's the flashbacks of Haley's experience in the hospital. Her tears running down her face as she just wanted to go home. As her dad wiping those tears away and trying my very best to comfort her during those times, telling her that it will be okay, and then living with that regret of it not being okay, and feeling like I have lied to her. Fear and grief is real. Before Haley died, I was probably more fearful than I am now. I was afraid of Haley dying. I was afraid of losing her and having our family broken. And we walked through that door. Even though the sting is great, the fear of death has left. We, as Christians, look forward to going home, to meeting our Savior, and to be reunited with our family members. I can't wait to see Haley again, and I look forward to that day very much. But there is still fear that I have here on this earth. I fear of losing Annie, my other daughter, and I try very hard to let her live a full life and rest in God's sovereign will. But at the end of the day, I do admit that there are times that I fear of losing her. I love her just as much as I love Haley, and that pain would be just as great if I lost her. I think it's natural for a parent to, to fear that, but that fear is tempered with knowing where Annika would go if anything should happen, and that, as we talked last week, God has an appointed time for all of us. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm saying that she should live a reckless lifestyle not by any means. I want her to be around as long as possible. And I hope to experience some of those things that I missed with Haley, with Annika, if the Lord wills, possibly a husband and a family, a graduation. And I'm happy for her. But there is a sadness to that as well, because she's surpassing her sister. And then comes disgust. Now, disgust is an emotion that I don't normally talk about. I don't normally recognize it, but it is very real in grief. There's the disgust that I have with myself, with the regrets that we talked about last week, of not raising the flag, or taking Haley out of province, or advocating more for her when I knew that she was ill. There's disgust for our medical system and how for two years Haley begged for help and she didn't get it. And by the time she went to hospital 
it was almost too late. Disgust with the pain and the suffering that she had to endure for her last four months of life. And disgust bleeds into what I want to focus the most on today in this episode, which is anger. I remember the day after Haley died. My uncle had graciously offered to pick me up in his pickup truck to take me back to Halifax, back to the apartment that Suzanne and I had been living in while Haley was in the hospital. We loaded that truck up and came back home and emptied the contents of that apartment in my father-in-law's garage. My uncle had left and I was left there alone in the garage surrounded by an amazing amount of gifts for Haley gifted to her by people literally all over the globe to show how much they cared how much they loved her I remember being absolutely overcome by anguish and devastation. The raw emotion that I was feeling at that time made me scream out at the top of my lungs. questioning God about why and how could this ever happen even thinking of that moment it still overwhelms me The death of a child is a long and lonely road. Anger is an emotion that I have experienced a lot during my grief journey. I'm angry at myself for not being more courageous and bold to stand up and fight for Haley. I'm angry with the medical system that allowed my girl to slip through the cracks when she knew something was wrong. And they chalked it up to anxiety and fear and mental illness. I'm not saying that mental illness isn't a real thing. It is. But Haley knew there was something wrong with her heart. And it was way more than just fear, anxiety, and it being all in her head. Richard Baxter is a Puritan, and he wrote a book on anger, and he describes anger as this. Anger is a passionate emotional response to a perceived evil 
that would cross us or hinder us from something good. It has been given to us by God for our good. It stirs us up to vigorous resistance against anything that opposes God's glory, our salvation, our real good, or the good of our neighbors. Anger is therefore good when it is used to its appointed end, in the right manner and measure, but anger may be sinful. Anger can be a righteous anger. We've seen Jesus demonstrate anger as he was in the temple and he overturned the tables. And he threw out the market people because they had turned his father's house into a den of thieves. And our anger can be righteous anger as well, as Richard Baxter points out. Ephesians 4, 32 says, Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting, and slander be removed from you, along with all malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. We can be angry, but we also need to forgive because if we fester, if we live in that angry spot, and I'm, I'm talking to myself right now, even today I've experienced anger, but if we live in that angry spot, bitterness is going to devour us. It will consume us and we will turn into the object of our anger and our hate. We won't be living for Christ anymore. We will be living to feed our anger. We need to learn to forgive. Forgiveness is not a one-time thing. That would be too easy. I need to forgive on a continual basis. There'll be days that I have forgiven the medical system, and then I'll have a trigger. I'll think about it. Something will flash back through my mind, and I have to forgive all over again. That's part of what it is to be human. We aren't like God who forgives and forgets. We're hardwired to remember our trauma, to remember our pain, and to be able to recall it. But forgiveness is vital. It's a commandment. We are told to forgive. H. Norman Wright says that forgiveness is a crucial part of the healing process. If we don't forgive, that means we are carrying resentment and bitterness, which begins to eat away at our body and our mind. Forgiveness is not just for the other person, but it is for us as well, and it is obeying what God has asked us to do. Romans 12, 19-21 says, Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath, because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. This does not mean that we shouldn't seek justice through our court systems or press charges for a wrong done. But we shouldn't take matters into our own hands and become vigilantes. We are still called to forgive even murderers, thieves, accidents that have happened. Our Father didn't have to forgive us. I have broken God's laws multiple times over. 
And in a court of law, I would have the book thrown at me. I would be locked away, but God chose to send his son, Jesus, into the world to live the perfect, sinless life that I could not live, to go to the cross willingly, to pay my debt so my sins could be forgiven, that I could walk out of the courtroom a free man, and I am thankful for that. So I need to be able to reach down deep, and it is deep because the hurt is real, the pain is real, the anger can be very, very real, and I need to forgive because Christ, God, has forgiven me. Charles Haddon Spurgeon has said about anger, Anger is not always or necessarily sinful, but it has such a tendency to run wild that whenever it displays itself, we should be quick to question its character. With this inquiry, doest thou well to be angry? Why are we angry? Is it a justifiable anger? I think that in Haley's case, it is a justifiable anger. But at the end of the day, I could sit here and dwell and stew and fester on that anger, and it solves nothing. It won't bring Haley back, and at the end of the day, it's really only affecting me. The people that seen Haley over the two years before she went into hospital and spent time with Haley in hospital during her last four months don't even think of that day. Don't even think of those moments. They're busy living their lives. We unfortunately live in a fallen, broken world, and in our case, in a province with a medical system that is overrun, overworked, and broken. And as painful as it is, Haley isn't a unique story. People fall through the cracks all the time, and people lose their lives because of those cracks. Forgiveness is just about as much for me as it is for the person that I'm forgiving. So what exactly are you promising in forgiveness? Well, Tim Lane, a counselor, explains, Promise one, you're not going to bring up what happened and dwell on it. Promise two, you're not going to bring it up to other people and gossip about the situation. Promise three, you're not going to bring it up to the person in an inappropriate way to make that person pay for the offense. One thing that we have to realize, one thing that I have to realize and remind myself constantly, is forgiveness is a choice and not a feeling. Forgiveness towards another person doesn't mean you condone what that person did or that you trust that person. We should forgive the way God forgives. That second point resonates with me. It doesn't mean that I have to condone what the person did or to trust that person. And I will admit that my experience is not to put my faith in our medical system. It's broken. Now, I'm not saying that if I didn't break my arm, I, I wouldn't go to the hospital. But there are 
things that make me take pause and question, could we do things better? And I think the answer is yes. But how do you change a system that is so far gone? And that question I cannot answer. But I need to forgive as God forgives. H. Norman Wright also writes, Sometimes justice occurs here on earth. Sometimes it occurs later on. What's important, we are able to not let the offense that occurred against us or our loved one continue to dominate and control our life. If that occurs, then we live a life of bitterness and resentment. And we're missing out on the blessings of God. This is why Jesus talked about forgiveness. It's a freedom for us to experience God's grace and his blessing. The key to unlocking our anger is a heart of forgiveness. I know it's hard. I struggle with it every day. That's where being in the Bible, meditating on the Word, and communing and worshiping God every day is so important. Reading through the book of Acts every day, learning from the apostles and their example, and they were not perfect men. Only Jesus was the perfect man. He was fully man and fully God. He did correct, but he loved, and he loved even me. He dusted me off and stood me back up, and he called me his own, and I'm thankful. When I'm down and I get angry and I'm finding it hard to forgive, I remember this quote from Thomas Brooks. Death is a believer's coronation day. It is his marriage day. It is a rest from sin, a rest from sorrow, a rest from afflictions and temptations. Death to a believer is an entrance into Abraham's bosom, into paradise, into the new Jerusalem, into the joy of his Lord. And that's where Haley is, in the near presence of our Lord and Savior. As much as it hurts down here, as much as I am flooded with every emotion that God has given us, and God has given us all of our emotions, I rest in this promise that Haley is by his side, safe from all harm, no pain, no suffering, living life more abundantly than she could have ever lived life down here. And that fills me with joy. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Lime, Lord, Your Mercy Endures. Please join us on our next episode.